Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the War Room. We got Dez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What up, what up, what up, what's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, I'm Dev McMillan. Uh, My brothers are nowhere to be found. Jimmy is uh, out of town on some business, and uh, the homie B. Austin had some some emergency things he had to take care of. He may or may not be joining us a little bit later in the show. So I will be piloting this vessel solo this evening, at least for a little while. So bear with me, people, as I get my Dan Patrick on uh, for the next hour or so. Um, you know, because it'd be awesome not coming back. You know, I'm going to cut this puppy short. But anyway, we're going to get everything out that we need to get out in this episode just like we planned it. The NBA Finals are here, so you know I'm going to preview those along with everything else happening in the world of sports. So keep it locked right here uh, as I do just that. And if you want to get in on the conversation yourself, make sure you join me right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join me on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call directly in about five minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number, as it is every week for the past 469 weeks, it's 323-410-0012. But before everything gets started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, that you check out archive episodes of our show and all of our sister and brother shows on the network at warroomsports.com and on the War Room Sports mobile app, also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, and most other places you do your podcast listening. So what's going on out there, everybody in War Room land? Uh, another another week down. Uh, some more interesting things going on in the world of sport. We're definitely going to talk about them. The NBA Finals are here. The Stanley Cup Final has already begun. Um you know, that's underway, and, and it's been a good one thus far. We'll see how that continues. Um, but, yeah, we're here to talk about it, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it. So first things first, we're going to get into some hot topics, which are brought to you by my bookie. Give me a set, War Room. Let me talk to you real quick about how much money you can make betting on sports at my bookie. The Stanley Cup Finals are underway. The NBA Finals tip off this evening. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, what the hell are you waiting for? This is a great time to do just that. Before that game tips off tonight, you can lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Join us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. Remember that. It's not .com. It's not .net. Mybookie.ag. 
M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. If you're tired of getting a runaround from those other services when it's time for a payout, that's why we urge you to join my book, You Win, They Pay Fast with No Hassles. Basically wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after the game start. That's crazy. So join now on my book. You will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. You heard it right, 100%. Just use the promo code WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, all capital letters to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. All right, I'm going to need some people to join me here in this chat room because since, you know, I'm flying solo tonight, I don't have anybody to check off to make sure the audio is okay. So I'm going to keep talking. So everybody out there who's listening, uh, hopefully the audio's fine. Hopefully I'm not getting on your nerves with uh, a choppy broadcast or anything of that nature. But I'm going to go ahead and start the show. We have some sad news in the world of sports to start us off, man. We had a couple of deaths this week. Uh, some big sports stars, some uh, famous. One one is definitely considered a legend for a while. The other one was considered a goat. And when I say goat, I mean the old time meaning of the word. I'm not talking about greatest of all time. I'm talking about scapegoat in this particular matter. But first things first, uh, Packers legend, Bart Starr passed away this week, uh, I believe on the 26th of May. Um, He had been struggling ever since 2014 when he had a stroke. So he's been struggling since then, kind of ailing uh, since that stroke. But he died at the age of 85 this week, as you all may know. If you don't, Bart Starr was the quarterback of the Packers, the Green Bay Packers from 1956 to 1971. He quarterbacked the Packers to five titles, including the first two Super Bowls, Super Bowl II in 1967 and 1968. He also earned MVP honors in both of those Super Bowl games, and he won the league MVP in 1966, was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1977. Um, That's a big loss for for Packers Nation. I mean, he's 85 years old, um, had had a lifetime of of, of greatness, um, been honored time and time again by that franchise, but it's a big loss. Um, he he initially began his career in Green Bay as a backup. Um, I don't think he started until his fourth season, but like I said earlier, he led them to championships in 61, 62, 65, and then once the Super Bowl era started, 66 and 67. Um, shout out to War Room, friend of the War Room and former guest Herb Adderley, Hall of Fame cornerback, played on those teams as well. Um, we should have gave him a call today just to see, you know, just to get his thoughts on his old teammate. But uh, with um, under Coach Lombardi, Bart Starr, he compiled a record of 73, 21, and 4 in regular seasons. And according to the Packers, was nine and one in the postseason. I also saw something. I saw a, a stat this week um, when he passed. I saw a stat that he's the highest ranked player quarterback in league history, and to be qualified for that particular 
statistics, you had to have at least 10 games under your belt in the postseason. I think he had exactly 10 games. Because I'm I'm thinking myself, my hero, (laughs) Nick Foles, shout out to him. I'm going to be talking about him a little bit later as well. Um, I think he may be the highest rated quarterback in the playoffs in league history. Don't quote me on that, but I think he is, but he doesn't have that 10-game qualification, at least that you needed for this stat. I don't know how legitimate that was, but in that particular statistic, you needed a 10-game qualification, and Bart Starr was the number one rated quarterback of all time. And, of course, probably the most memorable game of his career, uh, he was the quarterback of the Packers in the Ice Bowl back in 1967. That's the 67 NFL championship when they defeated the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, 21-17, to 17, that game was played in negative 16-degree weather and a windshield that fell 46 degrees below zero. Um, that's crazy. That's I guess that's when men were men, as they say it. Uh, these days, you see more and more domes being built in some of these colder cities, but you, you still have, you know, Green Bay. They're, they're still playing out there at Lambeau Field, so it gets crazy sometimes, and they're out there. They have to do what they have to do. But I'm pretty sure the sidelines of the Ice Bowl didn't have the same kind of technology that they have out there these when the weather gets a little bit cold. But negative 46 degrees below zero, yeah, you can have that when men were men because my ass would have been inside watching. I can't do it. (laughs) I've been in that region. I've been the coldest place I think I've ever been in my life. I'm not saying it is the coldest place in the world, but the coldest place I've ever been was um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, another city who just built a dome because I guess they're tired of feeling that type of cold out there as well for their football team. But, yeah, coldest place I've ever been, and it damn sure wasn't minus 46 with any windshield factors when I was there. So shout out to these dudes who played in the ice bowl because the pay wasn't even that great back then. So I'm not going to be able to do it. Not at all. All right, so shout out to Bart Starr. Rest in power, rest in peace to the great Packer legend. Uh, Bill Buckner dies at the age of 69. And a lot of you guys meet Bill Buckner from the Boston Red Sox fame. And when I said earlier that he was a scapegoat, uh, you you know, if you're a big sports fan and you go kind of far back, I don't want to date myself. I don't want to age myself, but he was the he basically the scapegoat of the 1986 World Series. Um, let me bring you back to that moment. I'll let you know what was going on in that series with uh, the Boston Red Sox leading the World Series. I believe it was three games to two um, over the Mets, and they were down their very last strike in the 10th inning. It went to overtime. They were down to their very last strike. And they were they had a 5-3 to three lead uh, going into the bottom of the 10th. So New York tied it up with two runs, which brought Mookie Wilson to play. Wilson got a full count, and on the ninth or 10th to the at-bat, uh, he banged a, a, a grounder out to 
you know, out to the first baseline. Buckner goes down to get it, and the ball goes right between his legs. They score. They win that game, tie up the series. Then they go to game seven and beat the Boston Red Sox again. Uh, <laughs> Bill Buckner lives in infamy until 2004 when they finally get over that hump as, you know, scapegoats of the curse of the Bambino because Boston was at that time in 86, they were looking for their first World Series title since 1918. And what a way to lose. I mean, you're in the 10th, you're in the bottom of the 10th, you have a two-run lead, and then all hell breaks loose, and, and this is what happened. So, but shout out to him, rest in peace, rest in power to Bill Buckner, who dies at age 69. His teammates always had his back on that. And a lot of them said he was one of the hardest playing uh, players on the team. They basically said, man, if, if it wasn't for players like uh, Bill Buckner, we wouldn't even have been in the World Series that season. So we're not going to blame everything on that. And and it's a, it's one of those things where we like to have these moments where we can either say something was won or something was lost. But the fact is, you know, they still had to play a game seven. So Boston still had a chance to to go home with this World Series win. And shout out to the homie Tobias, who we'll probably be talking to in, in a minute because I see you on the line, good brother. Um, he was saying something to us in the chat today about how everybody talks about the NBA Finals a few years ago when uh, the Warriors blew that 3-1 lead to uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And a lot of people blame the moment. The moment for that loss is usually blamed on Draymond Green getting suspended and missing game five. Um, I I tend to be of the belief, you know, I I believe in momentum a little bit. So I kind of do think if Draymond Green never would have gotten himself suspended in that series, then Golden State probably would have went on and won it in maybe, and and probably six games, in my opinion. However, somebody's made a great point. He's like, everybody always points, but, you know, what happened in game six? What happened in game seven? Because Draymond Green was back for both of those. Um, And like I just said, you know, momentum could be a thing. You know, once once LeBron and, and company, um, was able to throw some some haymakers at the Warriors. They never recovered. But it is hard to use that as a moment and use that as an excuse when you had two more games that you could have won um, to finish off that series. And I believe the Warriors had home court advantage as well. Yeah, of course they did. They were 73-9 and nine in the regular season. So they had a home court advantage. Lost a game seven on their court. Really no excuse for that at all. Anyway, shout out to uh, Bill Buckner. Rest in peace to him. Uh, One thing I want to get to before I do go to the phone lines, a quick NFL story, and that is about the schedule this season. And for the third straight season, the defending champion New England Patriots have the, on paper at least, they have the the easiest schedule in the league. So the strength of schedule of their opponents um, gives them the easiest schedule in the league. This is never really surprising to me. There's a lot of cons- conspiracy theorists out there who really don't know how the NFL schedule works. And, you know, they always want to say, oh, the NFL is doing this for the Patriots and they're trying to make the Patriots remain 
relevant, remain great, remain on top, but that's not even how the schedule works. The schedule is basically it's set like for as long as it's set for years to come because there's a, a formula behind it. Um, if you didn't know this, of course, you play the five teams. I'm sorry, you play the other uh, teams in your division, and that's two games. So that's that's five games, six games per season that they get to play the AFC East. And I believe that's the reason that they always come up with the, the easiest strength of schedule because that division sucks, and it's always sucked. Um, there's rarely any <laughs> any resistance from that division. Um, and I'm not saying that's why the Patriots win the Super Bowl as much as they do because, you know, the fact is once you get out of that division, you still have to get into the playoffs and beat some pretty good teams on the road to the Super Bowl. But that division doesn't give much resistance in the regular season. So the Patriots, I mean, NFL is NFL. I'm not going to say that they get the coast or anything like that because the injury bug hits them just like it hits any other team. So there's really no excuse um, of why they get into the postseason year after year and go as far as they do. But there's definitely an excuse of why they're always contending for the number one seed in the AFC, and that is because of their weak-ass division. Um, Once in a while, one of those other teams tries to do something and make a playoff run, but it's, it's, it's not too often. So we'll see how it plays out because that's on paper and the the little analytics formulas and all that stuff that they came up with to get that particular statistic that that strength of schedule. Um, we'll see if it if it comes to fruition because that is on paper and the cliche goes that's why they play the games. All right, let's go to the phone lines real quick. Cause I do see we got the homie Tobias waiting on the line. Tobias, what's going on, good brother? Welcome to the war room. They got me flying solo on, tonight, man? getting my damn Patrick, my my Colin clown herd on. What's up? Hey, <laughs> hey, long as y'all start hating on Baker Mayfield, I think you're all right. Or hating on Derrick Rose for no reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know hey, what Derrick Rose. But that, that's that's how they do it, though, man. You gotta you gotta pick a target. Hate on somebody for a good twenty minutes that'll take up a good chunk of your show, and then you just show yeah. somebody else love for another twenty minutes. You got to break up your love hate, and that'll get you through a show if you got to if you got to roll dough up. <laughs> well, what's up yeah, with you? Hey, talk. We want to build around these guys. What the hell else they gonna do? LeBron James wasn't available, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, by watching this past, the thing I was talking about was Draymond Green. He got suspended, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but the thing is, is that you still had other games to play. You didn't have home court advantage. The thing is about the Warriors, they've only beaten Cleveland, <laughs> you know, in his championship. And, uh, and the first year, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt. And, you know, uh, and then they lost that one, and then they got KD. So it's like, can we be safe to say? We were talking about all-time great dynasties. Are they really up there as one of all-time great dynasties? Because I hear the Ryan Hollins type talking about competition. Name me the great team they beat. 
that we're going to talk about 50, that actually going 10 years from now, that home team is going to honor them. They still honor the 93 Suns in Phoenix out here. They still honor the as Sonic team that's still in Seattle. You know, so yeah, I think this team's a great team. Yeah, I think it's a great team. Don't get me wrong. But but we overreacted to Portland, who can't stop a nosebleed on defense. You know, uh, this Toronto team has defense. Now, and one thing that, that shocked me against Milwaukee, uh, their role players finally played well in the playoffs. Kyle Wiley finally played well. Uh, and that, and, but, the, but, but people are forgetting also, there's a lot, there's a lot of good fortune because Philadelphia was four bounces on the rail for making a pop of themselves. You know, just crazy how yeah. that one, how things could play out. Like one move, one one suspension, one shot can make things play out. No, I I definitely think Golden State. I mean, and you have to have some luck on your side, no matter who you are when you're making these runs. But I, I you know, they've had a great amount of luck over the span of their dominance, you know, especially when they get into the playoffs. Remember that first season, you know, they didn't really face anybody full strength. Like every all-star point guard they were supposed to face was either hurt or got hurt in the series against them. Um, You can't knock them. You can only beat who they, who they, you know, throw out there in front of you. But yeah, they definitely had some, some situations some fortunate situations go their way throughout this whole thing. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of think historically, well, I already know because people are already doing it, but I think historically they are greatly, greatly going to overrate this team. And I'm not saying that it's not going to be a great team historically, but we've already heard that they're the greatest team of all time. And I think that's, overrating them a bit but really the only time you hear stuff like that is when when people are kind of trying to defend someone else like people get into the whole LeBron James argument and the ones that are defending him use the Warriors being an all-time great team to kind of give LeBron an excuse for losing to them um, several times so yeah but I don't know and it's in LeBron arguments as well. Sometimes people use it to discredit Michael Jordan. It's for a myriad of reasons, but people have already yeah, started to say that this is the greatest team of all time. Where, where, do you, yeah, where would you Paul, rank them if you had to rank them real quick? Well, they're not better than the Bulls, honestly, because Golden State has a flaw. They get pushed around. You want to push around those Bulls teams. And I'm a fan. I know it. But I thought the bad boy Pistons were un- underrated historically. Uh, and I hate the piss. I hate the ground. I said Thomas walked on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I must admit, they were underrated historically. Uh, those Showtime Lakers, those Celtics teams, I think, the Kobe Shaq Lakers. Because people think, well, they can't be, go to they, they put Shaq in pick and roll. Okay, let's put Draymond on Shaq right. and see what happens. <laughs> and there's some other teams out there that you can name, but a lot of them don't get named because they didn't sustain their dominance. Like, and, and I'm not saying this just to be a homer, but a lot of people, you know, say stuff like, wow, oh, that 83 Sixers team, even the 67 Sixers team, like they're up there as far as talented teams go, but you don't put them in that category because they didn't sustain it. You know, the 83 team was supposed to win a couple, and 
they took so long to get over that Lakers hump <laughs> that yeah. once they did, you know, the, the team couldn't get it done uh, on another occasion. So it's so it's some good ones yeah. out there, but I guess you can't put them in the same breath. You can't. And, uh, it's tough because, uh, and it's like what happens is, and no one's taken away from them, but we got to look at a perspective here. And, and I think the thing that, that I comment the most about this team is the parts fit. And see, they didn't just say, hey, we're going to throw some big names together like the Lakers are going to do because I have no idea how the hell Jimmy Butler and LeBron fit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, Jimmy might as well say in Philly, to be honest with you. But that's a whole different topic. But, uh, they about to, they're about to be desperate, though. They got to get LeBron somebody. <laughs> If the whole KD and Kawhi plans don't work out, they can't come away empty-handed. They've been coming away empty-handed for, what, the last six or seven years when it comes to free agency, so Lakers got to do something. If I was thinking that, Chris Carter actually made a good point about LeBron, and the fans are like, Nick Wright couldn't say nothing about it. He was like, how can you keep saying you bring these numbers, saying you're the greatest of all time, but you got a team filling the dynasty on your watch? That 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 is that's a good point. Tobias, I talk about that with people all the time. Like that's gonna be a little bit of a knock on his legacy as far as him owning the era. I mean, because he's clearly the best player of his era, but usually the best player of their era dominates the era. They don't really let other teams win a chunk of championships on their watch, and that's the whole dominance. Even though it's a team sport. That's the whole dominance of, of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Like, when they were on and when he was playing, like... When they matured. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's pretty much safe to say we don't know it. It's speculative. We can't prove it because it'll never be able to be proven. But it's pretty safe to say, like, had he not had his meltdown, his dad not died, and he didn't, you know, he wanted to go honor him by trying to play his first sport of baseball and all that madness that happened... It's safe to say they might have won eight straight and just totally dominated that that whole decade, you know, say for the strike shortened season of, of ninety nine where they were all breaking up anyway. Hey, here's the other one. So Houston Rocket team. I'm like, who on it you think Draymond's gonna guard Dream? <laughs> you know, the same <laughs> dream that they were around for the spin cycle. I'm like, what happens if you talk big man, that's like Houston for example, talking about everybody's sale. Clint Capella can't play against his Warriors team because he can't score. If you could score as a big, because all the great bigs were athletic and they could score. All right. like these big, like like Eric Montross and Greg Olsatag. You know these guys are athletic and can score. And, uh, and so to get to go to state, my thing is he's like Stanford in Pac-12 football. Everybody else is flipping the ball around. Steph like we're gonna punch in the mouth. And I think, like, even Toronto, for example, they got Mark Gasol. You don't got to play Mark Gasol 40 minutes. But, right. damn it, you might got to play 25. If Draymond Green scores 25 points on you, shake his hand. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, it, you know? It, but, but, like, what happened when, when – remember when, like, uh, Portland tried to go small with Golden State? Yeah. And they had Steph Curry try to box out Kevon Looney? Only thing was, Golden State didn't run out six six five guys. They had Kevon Looney big ass down there still. It's like everybody has gone crazy and lost their mind. The Golden State does the exact opposite of the analytics and the trends. And, that, and that's right. the funniest part of their run. 
Funny thing about Toronto, though, and, and Mark Gasol, is they don't even need him anymore. They made that trade for yep. one reason, and they, they, they got that done. They made him. They made that trade to for him to guard Joel Embiid. He did a hell of a job of it, as he always has. Like I, I think a lot of people forgot about that before that series started, when they just expected yeah. Embiid to keep dominating, whether he was sick or not. This dude has his number. Like he's never really dominated um, Mark Gasol. That was the whole reason they gave up on all that on some of that depth that everybody celebrated to to bring him in. Because they figured at some point we're going to have to see Philly, you know, to get through this thing. And he, he did what he had to do. You know, a little later than that, early in the Milwaukee series, he looked like he was pretty much useless to them. And in a series like this against Golden State, who knows? Like, this might be Serge Ibaka's um, time to shine again. Um, but yep. but win or lose, I think Mark has done what he came there to do. Um, not saying that he doesn't want to, you know, go farther and help them out, but he's done his job. Yeah, I'll say these two quick things before I go. I think mm-hmm. Toronto has a real punch of chance because I think people aren't factoring in. This team is hearing the whole time, go to State's going to run you guys, even without their best player. That's going to piss yeah. you off sooner let he got any pride. And I, th- I yeah. think Kawhi could cement himself as a legend if they pull this off. And I, I think that the GM made – if Toronto doesn't even win the championship, Masai Jerry made the right move by going for it. And I said it's about Philly that I haven't got a chance to say. This, that loss will show you what would be a clear indicator to Sixers fans how bad Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons wanted. You know, right. Uh, right. Because you, know, you, sh- you, you showed the tears. Now you got to show that, you know. The work. Yeah, yeah. Those tears should, should result in work. And like you always say, he needs to come back in better shape. So hopefully his knees don't bother him too much this summer so he can get his big ass in the gym. And we talk about to work out, not even just to play basketball, but to get his body just in shape. Out. Yeah. That, that, so, that's um, Achilles heel, honestly, is his weight. If he keeps his we'll weight see. down, I think he'll be healthier. And that's it. Because if he, if he comes back flabby and sick <laughs> after you right. saw him crying on TV – then you're going to think to yourself, all right, that crime was just an act. Like, you know, you're just trying to show us you care. But really, you have an opportunity to actually go out there and show us that you care. <laughs> yeah, because if he comes in out of state, I'm trading him. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, uh, First week of the season. Hey, get out of here. Trade, him yeah, for, um, trade him to Orlando for Markel Folk. <laughs> you ain't lying, but hey, man. I, hey, keep holding it down, hey, real quick. man. You take it easy, man. Go ahead. No doubt. Real quick before you go, though. What's your prediction? How many games? Who wins? An MVP? Toronto at seven. Toronto at seven. Kawhi Leonard MVP and Skip Bayless gonna lose his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Skip Bayless might commit suicide. All right, man. I'll wrap to you next week. Uh, oh, our first prediction is Toronto in seven. We got some more calls on the line. We got to get some of these NBA, uh, NBA uh, finals predictions in there. If you're on the line holding, just hold for one second. Let me get a few more things out of the way. Um, I hope everybody out there can hear me. I have some people in the chat room that saying they cannot hear the audio. I will be so pissed if I fly this whole thing solo for the entire show and then I go back to hear the playback 
and there's no audio involved, I will be so pissed uh, with this network here. But anyway, uh, real quick, the Stanley Cup final is in play at this moment. The St. Louis Blues versus the Boston Bruins, and that series is tied at one game apiece. Um, this is big because we talk about this here a lot. And I don't, you know, a lot of people out there, just from a pride standpoint, try not to give certain teams, franchise, cities in particular, their props. But I've all, I've long said, especially in recent years, that the city of Boston, like if you can't admit that the city of Boston is title town, then you're in some serious, serious denial. Because if they win this Stanley Cup Finals, it's going to be something crazy like their 13th title in the past 17 years or something crazy like that. Don't quote me exactly on the number, but we did it um, probably last season around this time when the Patriots won. We probably, I think we did it as a stat of the week. So I want to say 13 or 17 or maybe 14 of 18 at this point. Either way, we'll get that that accurate particular stat to you um, when and if it happens again. But, you know, they came out of the, the gate in game one and won that, and it was looking like the city of Boston was going to be celebrating again. At this point, I think the city is probably immune to parades. Like, how many people still attend these parades every time one of these teams win something? They have to be so spoiled at this point that a parade at some point, a sports parade at some point during the calendar year is pretty much a given at this point. So you're like, you know, before it even happens, you're going to the parade this year? And like, what parade? I don't know. Whoever the hell is. Like, you going or what? So that's how it is for the city of Boston. I, me, I'm a native Philadelphia, born and raised in Philadelphia. I no longer live there. But parades in Philadelphia are so few and far between. That's why the, you know, I've been to, I've been to two myself. Um, I was around and I was alive when the 76ers won in 1983. Um, I I wasn't old enough to be out there at the parade. Didn't go to that. My dad probably went. Um, I was an adult but in 2008 when the Phillies won. That was my first experience at a, at a Philadelphia parade. Um, and the city has always been so starved for championships that it's probably the one of the craziest events you will ever attend in your life. And then the capper was two seasons ago when the Philadelphia Eagles, probably the city's favorite son, as far as sports teams go, uh, finally got Super Bowl. And that parade and that atmosphere was super crazy as well. Um, got the homie B. Austin. He is here to save me. B, what up, big dog? <laughs> In the building. In the building. Yo, did you hear me you, all right when you were? Because you we are, you are, you are a okay. All right, we got, well, we got people in on. the chat room that's saying they don't hear audio at all. <laughs> so I'm sitting here oh. saying we're gonna do all this talking and then we're gonna try to play it back and not be able to hear anything. I see people uh, on the switchboard. So I can tell that people on the phone lines can hear us, but there's people in the chat room. I guess they were listening to it on the computer. Um, shout out to uh, 
Neil and Skyview in the chat room, they don't hear anything at all. So it looks like they're about to bow out. Um, shout out to them. Hopefully this does record to the network so we can, you know, you guys can just listen to the replay tomorrow or something. But yeah, man. Um, so Stanley Cup final uh, tied at 1-1. I've actually, I actually watched game two and the Blues, you know, they won that game 3-2 in overtime and their strategy was to kind of be physical with the Bruins. Um, I read some stuff afterwards. It says they put 50 hits on the Bruins throughout that game and that's going to be their strategy to try to get this done. But shout out to them trying to thwart another notch in the belt of the city that I like to call title town. Um, that series is tied at one, one quote of the week. And we're going to talk about this for a minute because I don't know why this dude, this dude, from what we hear, he's always had this reputation, but now because of the position he's in and, and what's and everything that's been going on in Lakerland, we're more privy to the information and his reputation is being spread you know, outside of the normal circles of where he has this bad reputation. Um, and I'm talking about one Rob Palenka. The quote of the week goes to him. Yeah, they let him have it. I wish we'd have had the audio because this is straight bonkers. And the quote of the week didn't even come this week. But he was also caught in a lie um, sometime recently. But I'm not even going to read you that lie. I'm going to read a lie <laughs> that Rob Palenka told to the young Lakers as he sat them down in March of 2018. I think, I don't know if it was all rookies. I don't, I don't know what the situation was, but he had a lot of young Lakers sitting around in the room. He had uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson there as a guest speaker, I guess to kind of pump them up as they got into their NBA careers. So he told a story and I'm going to quote this story. He told, he said there was one time when Kobe, and who I worked with for 18 years, you know, you had to throw that in there. We know you work with Kobe for 18 years. Calm down. There was one time when Kobe, who I worked with for 18 years, was going back to play in Madison Square Garden, and he had just seen The Dark Knight. Obviously, you guys saw that movie. Um, so, And he's like, hey, hook me up with dinner with Heath Ledger. Because he got so locked in to play that role. He's talking about the Joker role that he won a, uh, an Oscar for. Um, he got so locked in to play that role. I want to know how he mentally went there. So he had dinner with Heath, and he talked about how he locks in for a role. And Kobe used some of that in his game against the Knicks. That's a great story. And when Kobe Bryant is concerned, there's no... There's no shortage of great inspirational stories because of how dedicated, committed, and sometimes borderline, you know, special needs he was when it came to the game of basketball. I ain't gonna say that word. We're not allowed to say that no more. Um, oh, not one problem about this is I think most of us knew at the time that Heath Ledger died six months before the release of The Dark Knight. So unless Kobe, I mean, I know Kobe was one of, you know, he he ran L.A., so, you know, Hollywood's right there. So unless he's getting a screen copy of it before they even edit it, (laughs) throw out the trailers and everything they need to do, 
unless Kobe was watching the unedited version of this film, Rob Palenka straight up lied. And now it's coming back to bite him because more than a year later, you know, people are talking about it and they're putting them out there for it. So what's up with your man, B? And I'm thinking like, does, does Kobe have to answer to this now? Or, you know, what does he Come say on. when he's asked about this? Did you have dinner with Fudger? Like, can Kobe just say F out of FOH? That's Rob. That's Rob problem. Y'all talk to him about that. Yo, yeah, how, how can we have dinner with a ghost? He definitely going to have a conversation with uh, one Mr. Rob Palenka. But from all accounts, this guy is every bit the dirtball and scumbag that he is advertised to be. Like, and that's what's crazy because a lot of times people's reputation precedes them, but there's some yeast added. There's some, you know, some personal feeling included. Right. There's a, you know, I just don't. Yo, no, Rob Polinka is everything that we think he is from every account that I run into. Like, there's no exaggeration about the level of skullduggery and scumbaggery that you'll find within Rob Polinka. And this is the guy that's running the Lake Show. This is it. And and the the thing is, the thing is, his reputation, that type of thing probably was needed when you're the the agent for the top, one of the top, if not the top player in the league for 18 years. You know what I'm saying? You might have to be a little cutthroat. You might have to do and say whatever you have to do to get things done. But it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because even when he first got the job as the Lakers um, GM, like that's what a lot of people talked about. They're like the Lakers are taking a chance on this because his reputation because of how he handled business when he was an agent, his reputation was kind of like mud, Um, you know, let alone anything he did for Kobe. But remember he was the one behind that whole Carlos Boozer thing when he basically told the Cleveland Cavaliers that he was going to resign, had a handshake agreement, even though, you know, the Cavs, it's kind of your fault because you don't do business on a handshake agreement. Um, 20, not in 20, whenever that was. Yeah. Then he went out to, you know, he, he ended up, his client ended up going out to Utah for money that they were given, left Cleveland kind of high and dry at the time. And, you know, that was a time when LeBron was coming into his own and Cleveland definitely didn't want to stir that pot. They always wanted him to have enough help because they knew one day his free agency was going to come around the corner. So, that put them in a, in a, in a position and they were scrambling from that time on to find LeBron a suitable co-star at a time where you pretty much only needed one and a pretty good bench and surrounding cast around your two stars. So, so his name has been mud for a long time. Another story that I've heard that I heard today be was, Oh, there's more back that he used to be like in the locker room at like halftime and stuff like that while Luke Walton was trying to talk to the team and adjust for the second half and do, you know, give his speeches and stuff like that. And Luke had always told him like, yo, when we, when I was in an assistant in golden state, like Bob Myers never did things like this. You know, he was never sitting around micromanaging. He he let the coaches do what they had to do. So Rob Palenka tells Luke like, well, I've talked to Bob Myers and since you've been gone, since you've been gone, 
he most certainly does things like this. So Bob Myers heard about that, and he came out publicly like, I don't do that. And the, the Golden State coaches says he certainly doesn't um, do that. He's not <laughs> present when we're having these kind of meetings or if we're at halftime. Like that. So he just straight Rob up lied that like people couldn't find out. Like, Yo, Rob Polinka has no respect in regard. He has no respect in regard for, for other human beings. I'm going to tell you where I'm going with this. I'm going all the way back to my dear mother, Patricia Anderson. When you are lied to someone's face and just lie, it means you don't respect them because you don't respect their intelligence enough to even give them the truth. You just figuring you can say anything and get it all. Yeah, I mean, because growing up, we, we knew which, which of our homies was lying all the time. <laughs> we, like, we, we knew who was lying and, and, and who was being real. But you know, it's crazy because what I always heard, too, like once you go down that path, you got to lie to cover up the first lie, to cover up the second lie. You got to keep telling lies. Like, Rob Palenka, yeah. even though he's Rob had a charmed Trump. life, he's had a charmed life in some great positions, but by the time he has great grandkids, like, he's going to tell them that he owned the Lakers. Um, he was Kobe Bryant's master. Um, <laughs> like, like, he's going to embellish everything he's ever done in life to make it sound like it's even more, even though it's so much of a charm life, he's going to embellish so much. It's, it's going to be crazy. But, but shout out yeah, to Rob. Out, Rob is out of control. It's quote of the week, even though that was from last week. And our stat of the week is a Brooke Lopez stat. I'm pretty sure this is his first time making our stat of the week. But interesting little tidbit. And it tells you a little bit of how the game has changed. Um, not particularly the first stat, but the second one. But Brooke Lopez this season had more blocks than Kevin Garnett ever had in one season, and he made more three-pointers this season than Kobe Bryant ever made in one season. So, like I said, the second one is pretty self-explanatory. We're living in the era where big men, you know, aren't big men anymore. They're just out on the perimeter launching threes, and after – you know, Brooke Lopez realized that all his work in the summertime had started to pay off. That's what he became known for this season. He was their three-point threat on the on the on his Milwaukee Bucks team more so than some of the guards on there. I think yeah. I think the the I think Chris Middleton probably was their biggest threat from the perimeter, and then it was Brooke Lopez. But Brooke, Brooke second, huh? I, I, I don't even. I don't, I don't, but this, he had more, he had more threes than Kobe ever had in one season, and and it was by like six. He had 186 threes this year. Kobe's highest season, he had 183 pointers made. Um, the block category is a little bit more impressive for me because even though it was only by one, he had 170, he had 179 blocks this year. Kevin Garnett's highest uh, output of blocks in the season was 178. Even though it's only by one block, that's impressive to me because Kevin Garnett was always known as a great defensive player. Even known though, as a defender. I didn't know Brooke defended like Being a great defender doesn't just mean blocking shots because Kevin Garnett, that wasn't his bread and butter. Like He was actually a good 
slide your feet, play a big man in the post type of defender, not necessarily a shot blocker. But I would still expect Kevin Garnett's highest season of block to be bigger than Brooke Lopez's highest season of block because Lopez doesn't really play that much defense. He doesn't rebound for his size. And, you know, like I said, he camped out on the perimeter this particular season. But shout out to him for those stats. Anything there impressive to you? Or is it just showing us the sign nah. of the time? Nah, you know, I think that it's an alternative lifestyle for you to be that tall. I, I don't mind big men shooting threes. Or but having when you neglect, do so. Yeah, <laughs> but it's when you neglect the block and neglect the post work altogether, I have a problem with that. I have a problem. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. All right, so that's uh, that is that. That is Hot Topics, good people. So while you're here with us, you know what you can do. You can check out our website at warroomsports.com. Take your time when you go to the website. We got plenty for you to look at. We do plenty of work. We put a lot of work into that site. So make sure you give us some time when you do it. If you got general inquiries, uh, you can uh, hit us at info at warroomsports.com. Or if you're still on the site, you can click the Contact Us tab to send us a message. Um, But while you're browsing the site, man, you can do a lot of stuff. You can click the memorabilia tab, buy some merchandise. You can click the blog tab. Read our latest articles. Uh, shout out to Gus Griffin, who um, actually released one today about what's going on in Lakerland. But he put a little Me Too twist on it because of some of the semi-sexist things that some of the talking heads were saying about Jeannie Jones and her Jeannie Jones, Jeannie Buss and her ability to run the Lakers as a female. <laughs> so yeah, he put a little interesting twist on it. So make sure you. You know, click the blog tab and you check that out. That's our latest article. Then you can click the respective icons and tabs to follow all of our social media platforms, to subscribe to the iTunes podcast, to watch our webcast at War Room Sports TV, and to download our free War Room Sports mobile app on Android or iOS, or to get everything I just mentioned right there on the go. I'm not sure if I mentioned the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can get there from the website as well. Um, I would tell you guys to join the JW Philly Realty chat room right now during the show, but the people who were in it said they can't hear the show um, from the chat room anyway. So you can try it out. I don't know if, you know, the technical difficulties have been cleaned up, but you can do that. Uh, That's at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. If you want to enter the chat room, just sign up for a free profile on blog talk radio. If you don't have one, or if you don't want to create an account, think you can still sign into your Facebook and Twitter accounts. You pretty much do that everywhere these days. But while you're there, click follow. That'll get you updates and reminders about any changes in the show during the week, a time change, uh, you know, any scheduling changes, any important information we want you guys to know. You'll get it there. Um, We'll be taking questions and reading posts from Facebook, Twitter, the chat room, and the World Room Sports Game Time group on the group me app during the show. But if you want to call in and speak with us, the digital extreme tech hotline is now open. That number is 323-410-0012. Press one when prompted. If you're ready, I mean, if you're already listening from your phone, just press one if you want to talk. And we're going to get into what happened while y'all were on the grind. But I see we got the homie Rob calling in from Cali. We're going to get to that call right after we pay this bill. Um, while you're on the ground, is brought to you by Sports the Book. 
You guys tired of reading the same old sports books with the same old lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, all sorts of subjective information being passed off as facts. Oh, yeah, I was tired of that, too. Um, The homie Jimmy was tired of that, too. That's why he wrote a book. Be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. It's an acronym. Stay with me. Smart people only read the sports. Now, say that to yourself and then go spell the word sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture to keep you on the edge of your seat and to keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Whatever you do, just don't miss that movement. And we rarely do this. We rarely take calls during while you're on the grind, but the homie Rob has been waiting for a while. So I'm going to go to the phone now. Rob, what's going on? What up, man? What up, man? It's your boy Rob A. It's your boy Rob A. K. A. The Hunts Penny Coast, like Better Play Toast. What's up, man? How y'all doing? What's up? You on a different phone this week? You sound terrible. <laughs> I sound really bad. Can Can y'all call me back like in a few minutes or so? Cause I got stuff to say. Well, you well just hit us back in like uh, in like twenty minutes. We're gonna be talking NBA finals at that time anyway. So just call us back in like twenty. All right, man. All right. <laughs> Rattles in the middle yo, of the freeway. Yo, he sounded like he was standing right in the middle of the freeway getting a Chewbacca <laughs> while a plane was landing. Yeah, while a plane was landing. We didn't answer the phone right there. He was going to commit suicide or something. We got him out. <laughs> he was jumping off the one thing. He was going to jump <laughs> off the one thing. <laughs> you know? Don't do it, Rob. Reconsider. Read some litter. <laughs> sure on the subject. All right, so while y'all were on the ground, man, R.J. Hampton, uh, one of the top prospects in this year's high school class for basketball, he decides to skip playing college basketball, skip G League basketball, and he has signed uh, a contract to play internationally in New Zealand for the New Zealand Breakers of the Australian National Basketball League. Um He's the number five prospect in the ESPN 100 for the class of 2019. He's projected to be the number six pick in next year's NBA draft. But, you know, that all would have depended on what he did in his one year of college, his one year in the G League, or now his one year in the Australian National Basketball League. Um, He says college, you know, playing college basketball was never his dream. Playing NBA was his dream. Now, they made a big deal out of this because he actually announced it live on ESPN on the, uh, uh, what's that show called with Greeny and Jalen? I think it's called Get Up, something like that. So he announced it there. And the whole time, B, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, why are they making such a big deal out of this as if, like, Brandon like Jennings never been through this before. Um, Emmanuel Moutier did it. Um, Terrence Ferguson did it. They all signed overseas. But the reason why this one isn't, I mean, this one is such a big deal because they're giving him the the designation of being the first American player to willingly forego college for playing international ball. They're saying uh, Brandon Jennings, Moutier, and Ferguson were guys who signed 
had to be violations regarding their academic or their amateur status. So I didn't really know. I, I thought Brandon Jennings had just made a decision to do that. I, I thought he still had options, but uh, according to mm, apparently, apparently uh, let me uh, let me share well, with you. Man, RJ Hampton, he he twelve eighty something like that on his SATs. He had before you go in, I'll just let you know what his options were. Hey, um, he had scholarship offers to uh, some of the top schools: um, Kansas, Memphis, Texas Tech. He had previously considered scholarship offers from Duke and Kentucky as well. So um, he's a 6'5", 188-pound guard with a 6'8 wingspan. So what's your thoughts on this whole thing? For going to college, for going to G League, for going everything in America to go over to the Australian Basketball League and play his year there before the 2020 draft. Thoughts? Someone is giving this young man bad advice. Um. <laughs> Here's the thing. In this day and age, you could say, well, there's tons of media outlets and everybody has access and, you know, he's not going to get lost in the shuffle. No, that's exactly why he's going to get lost in the shuffle because everyone, everyone and their mom has a camera. Everyone and their mom is posting on YouTube. If you are not at the pinnacle of the news cycle, uh, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. I would say this is a bad move for anyone who is not a shoe-in top three pick. Maybe three is on the outside, to be quite honest with you. If you're a number one and you're going, no matter whether you play in the NCAA, in, on Mars, on Jupiter, you know, if you've got that type of, of hype, Okay, you go to New Zealand, but then the conversation is a little different because we're really not even talking about you going to New Zealand because you're just that good. When you're the number six pick or projected to be the number six based on college production and output, there's a strong possibility that you can have a good season in New Zealand and everybody forget about you anyway because there's a reason that great projected players overseas still end up coming to the U.S. to give that one year of penance in the NCAA so that people can confirm that they can do and be what it is that they heard from overseas. So this seems bass-ackwards to me, um, especially in a news cycle where there's so much hype and so much noise. He really honestly could get lost in the shuffle. Um, And I think that that's yeah, that, that, that wasn't a smart look for him because NBA scouting, with the exception of the Spurs, <laughs> that we know the Spurs and Toronto, they're not going overseas looking for you, man. You come to us. We're the biggest thing in, in the world. I mean, the so, good thing about it is he's already on the radar, like so people don't really have to go looking. But they are going to check up to see how he's doing against grown men. That's the only thing sometimes I think – could hurt these players when they make a decision like this to go play against, you know, people who are already have professional experience, people who are basically grown men. Um, because whether we like it or not, we're, we're not that far ahead of everybody um, as far as basketball is concerned anymore. So you can go over there just like Brandon Jennings did. He went over, um, he went overseas and he didn't shine. 
mainly because actually some of these guys' games are more suited for the NBA play rather than, you know, playing in some oh, league. Right there. So yeah. I have mixed feelings about it. Like I understand and kind of kind of agree with everything you said. Um, at the same time, we already know the the pitfalls of college basketball now and college sports. Sure. Um, you know, because, you know, the players not getting paid and all of that kind of stuff. And he would definitely be at a major program where he's generating a whole lot of money. And if that's a part of the reason, then that's clearly understood. But that type of movement, like if this is going to be a thing, because, you know, the writers out there, the talking heads are like, oh, you know, the commissioner better watch out because this might become a trend and this and that. For this to become a trend, I think more people have to do it at the same time. Not one dude trickling out every other year. Yep, right, right. And, and I want to yeah, point out, line, too, oh, go ahead. just like we talk about some of these other things, just like when we have the conversation about if the the best black athletes started going back to historically black colleges, that sounds well and good, but it's going to be difficult for that migration to happen because we're so used to and we're so brainwashed by the current system as is, a lot of these kids are going to be afraid knowing that high school to a big-time college, um, in most cases, to the NBA has been the pipeline for so many years. Like, nobody's really going to trust that these trends are going to kick, you know, are going to pick up and college won't still be your 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 greatest option, you know, whether you're getting paid there or not. So I don't think a lot of people are going to trust that. And plus, I think they're eventually going to, again, do away with the one and done rule anyway. But as long as it's here, I still don't see a lot of guys having the heart to go overseas rather than shine on the stage, especially for a big program where you're going to be on TV every other day. If you play for Duke, come on, you're going to be on TV more than half of the NBA dudes that, that you like. So <laughs> it's a gamble for some of the top guys because look, you may get the exposure that you need in college. Your 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 point about Brandon Jennings not doing too well. We we have to look at something, and 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 I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of Americans aren't necessarily familiar with how overseas basketball works. So I'll give you a quick education and how it could impact this young man and how it did impact Brandon Jennings. It wasn't that Brandon Jennings couldn't ball. And it wasn't that Brandon Jennings couldn't do his thing overseas. In that environment, when you're a professional, they bring you in and they tell you, listen, you're going to take 10 shots a game, no more. And I want you to average, and I want you to average eight assists. I don't care that you can drop those. That's not what we brought you here. We didn't bring you here to drop 30. So the minute he comes back to the NBA, his seventh game, he drops 55. He didn't automatically learn how to play basketball again coming back overseas, back from overseas. It's that over in that environment, they don't care who you were in the U.S. They don't care or who you told. They don't care that you could drop 30 at will. This is what we're paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars for. This is what you're going to do. And then you got grown men that are trying to feed themselves that resent the fact that you're here 
from high school making three hundred grand, and it took them seven years to make one hundred and fifty thousand. So they not too keen on you. So there's a lot that goes on overseas that and, I don't think. And high another factor be, I, I wouldn't put it past some of these agents telling these teams, like I want my player on minutes restrictions and stuff like that because the goal is not like being being. 100, which are the goal is not to be here. The goal is to be in the NBA, and we're doing this because we have to do one year somewhere. So I don't want you playing my client 35, 40 minutes a game, you know what I'm saying, ease him into all of this because he's basically trying to save his body for the, for the quote-unquote big league. So I wouldn't put it past agents saying that kind of stuff either. That's a very good point. All right, so um, shout out, shout out to him. We'll see how it goes. I guess, I mean, and and going to college wouldn't guarantee his six pick, six pick projection anyway either. But you know, we'll see if this does anything. Like if he falls well below so, that after this year. So yeah, um, I so think that was scary. Your opinion in in your gut. What what does your gut tell you about which route would have served him better in terms of his draft rank? Which, which one do I you mean, think? I mean, I'm been? not I'm not even gonna front. Like at this point, just say say if I had a 18 year old son who was a prospect, you know, on that level right now, like we'd be moving into his dorm in a, in a, in a month. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I ain't no question. Ain't no yeah, question. I mean, because I'm you know this is. You know, this is your kid's life, and you know, unless it's something that he really wanted to do on his own, and it's a decision that you're going to allow him to make, you know, I wouldn't force that on somebody. Like we saw that type of decision being forced on those those ball boys, um, Mello and and Jello. We saw their dad take them out of college and high school, respectively and make them play over in Lithuania. And now they're sitting here scrambling. They're back in the state scrambling, trying to get to where they were supposed to be in the first place. Um, everything Yo, remains I to be seen well, with Melo well, because he was always the better prospect. Jello might not have ever made it to the league anyway, but I still think his best shot at making it to the league would have been playing his ass at UCLA, not taking him out because you're mad and going to Lithuania. So I, I, I couldn't in my in good conscience be, you know, and I applaud people who have the courage to step out there and do something different, but you only get one life. And if I'm, if I'm in charge of my son's life and, and some of his decisions at the time, you know, I, I'm not going to play with his life. <laughs> I'm going to go the no. route that you you know, that's pretty much if you're a good parent and a good dad, you're in charge of your son's life at 18, 18, 19, and 20. Like he's not going, yeah, there's no way that I'd play essentially what I have, that I equate to a form of Russian roulette with the kid's career. I'm going to go back to the ball brothers. Like you said, Jello probably didn't have a chance. He should have tried to play tight end, but LaMelo, I I personally don't see it, but I'm going to assume that everybody else around me, including you and and my brothers on this show, have said, yeah, LaMelo, I can see where he could have been something special. I don't think that can happen now, and I'm going to assume that he has the talent 
that y'all say he has that I didn't see. Let's assume he has it. I think his dad ruined that for him, man. Yeah. I, I mean, with him, really I always thought if he gets the right coaching, he has it in him. Um, but for everybody saying stuff like, man, well, he – He's the he's the he's the best prospect out of all of them. I still don't think any of them are better than Lonzo. Um, oh no. Nah. Nah. So yeah, but but you know if somebody else is going to make it to the league, you know it'll probably be uh, Lamelo. But man, I don't know the whirlwind yeah, that his dad has taken him through in the past two years, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't <laughs> now believe he's it, man. Sad because he can't go play in college. Y'all should have thought about that when y'all was, you know, cocky big baller brand. Man, take my boys out of here and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. Now they sitting here like, dang. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. I saw this. I saw this all written on the wall three years <laughs> ago, man. I saw it, man. I saw. Yeah, it. I, I, I was never with the moves taking them dudes out of school, especially high school. Like, come on, dude, you took them out of high school. <laughs> Yo, you took them out of high school to go to Lithuania. Come on, man. And they went over in Lithuania and was getting smashed. Only time they got wins over there is when they played in the, the like the junior division Yo, when they was actually that's, playing that's people crazy. the same age. But when that's they played in that crazy. when they played on that yeah. level with the grown men, they, they were getting grown smashed, men. couldn't get that much time in the game. In our, in our little in our little uh in our playground careers. I know you remember being out there on the court as a grown man playing against the hot high school prospects. You can still show him the difference between a grown man and high school. Like, even though you can see all the potential in the world, yo, I'm still a grown man that's been playing this game for 15, 20, 25 years. Right, you can even even leave the game as we did a couple of times in this area. Like, all right, that young boy going to the league. But for today, like. But for today. (laughs) I see why you're not. I'm gonna be grown here. All right, um, yo, definitely prayers out to the to the Foles family, man. Nick Foles, uh, our hero. <laughs> um, his wife had a miscarriage this week. First, I saw reports uh, that he had missed he had missed an OTA with the Jags, and I'm like, man, last week he was tweeting and how excited he was to be there. He tweeted Duval and. You know, I was sitting there looking salty because he my quarterback and let me go another team and he's excited about it. And then they said he missed. But then the, the stories, you know, it was like speculation. And then they kind of came out. He tweeted something. He tweeted that his wife had something to say on Instagram and she basically told everybody what had happened. Um Reportedly, she was 15 weeks pregnant with their second child when she went into sudden labor this past Sunday. Of course, you know, at 15 weeks, you go into labor, you know something's wrong. Um, She had an infection of pneumonia in the blood, which caused a premature delivery. Um, So she actually delivered the baby at 15 weeks. And you can imagine what that was and how tragic that was. Um, Man, for people... You know, and I've experienced difficulty in, you know, even reproducing in the first place. Like once, once, once me and my wife actually conceived, everything was pretty much smooth after that throughout the pregnancies. 
But, you know, I've been, I've seen things from every end of the spectrum. I've seen and experienced, pe- you know, the, the whole thing of having a hard time conceiving. Um, I've seen people have miscarriages, you know, not this kind where you had to actually birth the child. I've seen people have this kind, even later, um, where they had to birth the child a little early and, and kids didn't make it. So I've seen the whole spectrum of this, and it's it's crazy. It's never much you can say to a couple that's going through this kind of stuff. Um, because even if you've experienced anything similar, it's just hard to tell somebody, I know what you're going through, because you have no clue what people are going through, because... Yeah. You if you've if you've had the exact same circumstances, yeah. right? Everybody, yeah. everybody's mom dies. Everybody's mom dies, but I still can't tell you I understand what you're going through when your mom dies. Right. Like right. it's because you don't know people's relationships with their mind. You don't know the kind. Of, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, you just yeah. don't know how people react to things, so you can't tell somebody. I know what you're going through. All you can say is, I can. Try only try to imagine what you're going through and prayers and condolences out to the Foles family. Um, that, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, condolences, prayers, and um, may God be with you, whatever it is, He will get you through. Yes, sir. Come on back to Nick. Philly, though. <laughs> Nick's still my hero, so you know, that was that was my little cousin. That, you know what I mean. All right, so um, former American League Rookie of the Year from the Houston Astros, shortstop Carlos Correa, he's out for four to six weeks with a fractured four to six weeks with a fractured rib. B. So they asked the dude because this did not happen in a game. They asked the dude what happened. They said, <laughs> and he issued this statement through the team on Wednesday. He said, "I sustained the rib fracture." During a massage at my home on Tuesday. What in the hell kind of massage was he getting? What strong chick was doing this? Because I'm hoping and assuming it was chick. <laughs> and did this massage contain a happy ending that ended up not being so happy? Like it was kind of happy What kind of ruffian massage? He was either getting massaged by the Incredible Hulk. Or he was getting one of those Robert Kraft massages, and things got a little too rough. He was getting a Kraftmatic. He was getting a Kraftmatic massage, and uh, she was right. She was never. Yo, I'm not mature enough to deal with this story, man. I I can't say anything. (laughs) Yo, my man was on top. My man was out for six weeks with a rib fracture. Because of a massage at his home. Now, you know, I've been on vacation before. You know, we've had the couple's massages. We had some heavy-handed birthers in the room here and there. But never enough to just, you know, ball my ribs up in her hands. Because I ain't going to front. I'm like George Costanza. Shout out to to the Seinfeld watchers out there. I'm like George Costanza. I can't have, you know, can't have a man massage me, even though in the Episode he ended up everybody Everybody should be like George Yeah, because I, you know, if I'm laying on the table and this boy walking into much, you ready? Like, nah, either a replacement or a refund. That's what we're doing. So, 
sorry. Sounds childish, but that's just how it is. A little weird for me. But um, yeah, so four to six weeks. Um, this is another uh, blow to this team who's been having some some injuries, uh, injury problems lately. But uh, <laughs> shout out to him. Maybe one day the real story will come out because I know, you know, he, he need a little bit more people on this one as far as we're concerned. Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. It wasn't it wasn't a massage. <laughs> that wasn't what we were talking about. I'm gonna move on on that note. Alright, so Adam Silver has like during the Eastern Conference Finals. He had a little sit down with your man Drake to address his sideline antics going forward, especially now that the team is in the NBA finals. Um, He had to have a little sit down with Drake and the Raptors um, about all the stuff that, because Drake made himself a story in that, especially in that last series. Um, He was seen, speaking of massages, he was seen massaging the shoulders of Coach Nick Nurse at, at certain times in the game. Um, he always kind of crosses the boundaries onto the court, up in players' faces and talking this. Like, he wants to – I've noticed this about Drake. Like, he always wants to be what somebody else is or was, but he just – since he's way more famous than even everybody, he just wants to take it to the next level. Short, he wants to be even even in his choice of chicks, that is that is evident. Right, right, right. Like he's a copycat. He's a go behind. So he wants to be Spike Lee in this particular, um, you know, set of circumstances here. Um, Adam Silver said, "We appreciate how big a fan he is. I know the Raptors do. Uh, he has an he has the official designation ambassador, and he's a global star. So it's a huge deal that he's so engaged with the team and loves the NBA so much." Obviously, there are some lines that even ambassadors shouldn't cross. Um, you know, one thing that the commissioner brought up is what I just brought up, the, the shoulder massages to the coach. He said, I think Drake understands as excited as he is and as appreciative as we are of his support, but there's got to be lines drawn. Obviously, you don't want to end up touching a coach because a coach may not realize what's going on in the middle of the action. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, we'll see the aftermath of this sit-down, because I'm thinking if they didn't have this sit-down, yo, he probably would have went all out during the NBA Finals. I couldn't imagine the stuff he was going to be out there doing if Adam Silver didn't kind of put the kibosh on the antics. Um, Any thoughts on this before we move on? Spike Lee 8.0. Drake, you a noodle. And you better be glad Steven and Steven Jackson ain't involved with the Warriors BD. Because uh they wouldn't even have had to have that sit down, yeah. It'd have been all good. Stack five. It would have been handled in, in house. <laughs> it'd have been handled in house. Right, I hear you, I hear you. Alright, so that's what happened this week, everybody, while y'all were on the grind. Let's give some quick birthday shout outs, man. And the birthdays are brought to you by Whoever brought you into this world. Uh, first birthday, one of B. Austin's favorite baseball players of all time, and he only has about three of them. 
Um, so you you know you have a 33.3 percent chance of guessing whose birthday is today. Shout out to Manny Ramirez who turns hey, 40 years my old. Vake <laughs> the Snake Roberts for all of you wrestling fans. Oh, WWF for everybody back in the day. Um, Jake the Snake turned 64 years my old. Birthday. Yo, Yay. how many people be do you think died? Because they didn't realize that wrestling was fake and tried to DDT somebody on the concrete. How many, th- how many people you think in this world died from a DDT to a hard surface because they thought North, that you could really North. do that to somebody and they get up and, you know, still fight you for a little while? It's north, it's north of 100 grand. It's north of 100,000. <laughs> you think 100 grand? At least 100 grand took L's. Not, DDT. Only, not, not only that. Not only that, but you know, like when people do the DDT, they don't realize that it's not a choke. Like in real fighting, that's a, what is it, a front naked choke? Like you're not supposed to choke the person in the DDT, but most right. people when they try and do a DDT end up choking the person out. So now you're getting choked and you're going to get a concussion and possibly die all the or, way around. Or there's oh. a third thing to it. You can get your neck broken because when you're doing it True. in the ring, you know that you're about to get DDT, so you got to cooperate with it. You got to go down, you know, as he does it. But in real life, if somebody's trying to DDT you, you're trying to resist it. So as he's putting all his body weight to pull your head down, you're trying to pull your head up, and you're probably snapping your neck in the resistance. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, man. I hope people used to take heed to those little no. messages they used to come up before, the don't try this at home messages. Because you know, a lot of that stuff you saw on that could kill you if you thought it was real. <laughs> Yo, is that the is that the most dangerous wrestling move that we wrestling WWF move out there? Like I love the Thinking figure four, it. but you ain't killing nobody with the figure four. Right. You can break a leg with that because I had some cousins who, you know, didn't realize that you know that them dudes were fake. You know, I try to break it. I try to break my legs. Yo, that yo, the figure four used to hurt like a mug, yo. But no, it has to be because it's straight up head trauma. Yeah, yeah. It's straight up head trauma. Like after you get up from a DDT, you'd be like, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Yeah, you got you got EPC. You definitely got ETC. Yeah, you, I mean, you got to. So, yeah, that probably is. I mean, I've seen, like, getting, like, perfect plexed and all that. And that hurts. You can break some stuff, some shoulders, some some limbs. But the DDT, man, that, that can kill you on the spot. Like, I saw a video this week of, of two horses in the stable. It must have been, like, a stud farm because, you know, the, the, the detail. could have left that out. But the, the biggest detail of the thing was one of the, the the horses was running around with his, you know what I mean, with his going drunk. He's rocking out with his he, 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 he was trying to He was trying to make some love. Right. So he was hyped. I don't know if you saw this video, but he running around the stable hype. They put the other horse in there. Boy still running around like, yeah, like I'm about to get me some. And just the slightest back leg kicks. She caught the dude as he was he was moving close to her. Just, just caught it. Like it didn't even look like it was that hard. I mean, it's a damn horse. 
Yo, this horse went down with twitching like Apollo Creed when Drago killed him. The Yo, video was about five minutes I, long. I, I, the horse was laying there, and for the rest of the video, he's done. Like his teeth, like he looked like trying, he smiled. Killed the horse. Just he was, I was just him. about to ask you. It looked it like was, the horse was smiling, like he died smiling. Right, and he ain't even getting that unless unless he just finished with another one before they threw that one in there. Like he was getting his stud on for the day or something. But yo, my man was just rocking out with his, you know, with his jock out, and she just gave him a quick, a swift kick. I see what you did there. He was up. I'm like, damn, I've never just seen a horse get get murk like that, like immediately. So hell yeah, DDT. Come on, man. That's the closest thing you're gonna feel to some horseshoes, especially if they DDT you on the right surface. He's done. But all that yo, to say, he... happy birthday to Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> Shout out to him. Um, damn, speaking of wrestling moves and chokeholds, PJ Carlissimo turned 70 years old. Shout out to PJ Carlissimo. This is a violent birthday segment. Um, shout out to Latrell Sprewell. But um, PJ 70, Gail Sayers turned 76 years old. And B, I don't know why I tried to put this boy in the grave, but am I the only person who for the longest time thought Gail Sayers was dead? Nah, you ain't, you ain't. I didn't know Gail said. I, yo. Is, is it because, like, he's never around? Like, you never see Gail Sayers. Like, he don't bang with the NFL or anything like that. Yo, this is bad because we in the business. I, right. I'm going to be I honest. I haven't known Gail Sayers was alive for the last 20 years. Dude, I thought, I thought this was, like, when I saw it now, I thought this was going to be, like, a rest in peace birthday shout out. Now, look, I'm like, oh, I saw Gail, Gail Sayers. Sayers like, you never see Gail Sayers. And when dudes that were that great, you know, just disappear, you just assume that they, you know, they, they rocked out like the horse. I don't know. But shout out to Gail <laughs> Sayers. He turned 76 years old. And another rest in peace shout out. This is crazy because this is two weeks in a row that we're giving a rest in peace birthday shout out to a, a young Philly baller. Again, from Roman Catholic. Last week, it was Rasul Butler. Um, this week, it's Eddie Griffin. Rest in peace, birthday. Shout out to Eddie Griffin, who was born in 1982, and he passed mental health. August 17th, 2007. Yeah, and his, yeah, different circumstances. Rasul Butler was in a car accident, so, you know, it came as a super shock to everybody. Um, Eddie Griffin had been dealing with some mental health issues for a while. Uh, prior to his death. So, um, happy birthday. Shout out to the youngster from Philly, from Roman Catholic. And uh, a nice big war room salute to all of these folks on their birthdays. Salute! Before we get into NBA Finals talk and get back to these phone lines, you can check out our website, warroomsports.com. But if you want to call in and speak with us about the NBA Finals and give your picks and predictions, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, that number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted, but if you already listen from your phone, just press 1 if you want to holler at us. An NBA rap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions. So you ain't got to go out there and get them cheap Wix and WordPress sites. You can pay a little bit more and get you a professional one. You need Digital Extreme Technologies to do that. No need to break the bank 
for an effective online presence, top quality results driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. If you think we're lying, make sure you check them out. And on top of the prices being incredibly affordable, financing options are also available. So you can put something on it and you can pay something on it every month. So visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267 205 4203. Again, 267-205-4203, and for discounted rates, even beyond the incredibly affordable prices, make sure you tell them that the homies from War Room Sports sent you. All right, let's go back to the phone lines before we get into some of this NBA Finals talk. Uh, Rob calling back in from Cali. Let's get back to see if he sounds better now. Rob, what's going on? Still standing in the middle of the okay. Oh, nah, 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 man. You know, it's the, it's the beast time, so you know your boy got to be out. You know what I'm saying? Honey, play me close. I ain't better play toast. What's up, man? How y'all doing? What's going on, man? All right, so what's, what's your thoughts? You said you had a few things that you wanted to get off your chest. Do that real quick, and then we'll get your NBA finals prediction, and then we got to go on to our next caller. But what you got to get off your chest? Uh, dang, 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 what a star, what a star. Uh, yo, I can't wait to see the, no, first of all, uh, God bless everybody perish for, uh, Nick Foles, you know, uh, he's having a little trouble with his family, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, that's all I got to say. Second of all, I don't care. After winning the Super Bowl, I used to be the biggest McNabb defender. So after winning the Super Bowl, I really don't care what anybody says about McNabb, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, yo, man, that's all I got to say. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I used to get me off the nose, and, and, and now I'm like, wait a minute, well, I, I have to think before I defend it, I'm like, wait a minute, why am I defending this guy? Like, he won a Super Bowl. I mean, I appreciate all the years of, of, um, of service, but, you know, hey, here's what it is, and, you know, Jacksonville, Jacksonville appreciates Blake. Blake Bortles with years of service. We appreciate a guy's years of service. He's still turning the ball over. Well, well, McNabb says his numbers crap on Troy Aikman's, and he should be a Hall of Famer. If he can get that one important designation in Troy Aikman's resume, but I ain't gonna get into all that. So what else well, you got? Okay, Rob? okay. Uh, also, I think I think I think all of us are old like a. Magic Johnson, I apologize because Apalinka is a snake, but there's no here or there. And I want to talk about the Lakers. Magic still does. Yeah, I don't know. Magic still does. Magic had a higher position than Rob Palenka. Rob a snake, then, you know, he can snake from his, from down there. Magic can do what he do off of his perch. You don't got to quit because this dude's a snake. He ain't got no power over you. I mean, it, 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 it. It, it is what it is. I, I that article. I understand what uh, what Gus was saying, but I don't know. I mean, sex. If you're talking about sex, me too. Was about sexual assault, and he's talking about the the sexism of like a woman, I guess, in high in a in a higher position of power. That's two different things, and there there have been right. a lot right. of women. He was kind of talking more about feminism than me too. I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and but I, I get what, what he was saying. trying to like, get at. I get what he was trying to get at. Because people were saying I'm, some stuff about Jeannie, like Chris Carter, namely, 
last week on his show was like, uh, you know, Jeannie, she's great with the with the business part of basketball, but how is she supposed to run the basketball part as a woman? I'm like, whoa, Chris. Like, <laughs> yo, you got to slow down, brother. So I get what he was getting yeah, at, but I think it's more of a feminism issue than Me Too, but I think they're all starting to get lumped in together because they're taking, you know, on all of those uh, issues. The whole Me Too times up. Yeah, yeah, look at the I think the Steinbanners uh, for the Yankees, the you know the the uh, his daughter takes more more of a hands on than the son. The son's more out in the background, and you know the Yankees are doing better than they did in the past. You know the past couple of seasons, um, you know. So, so all that to say, yo, you know, let let you know, there are, there are ladies who can run high positions. You know, that's that's, that's not just go crazy just over Jimmy Buss. But anyway, anyways, I'll say this real quick. Uh, my prediction is is, Clance, is Kevin Durant going to play in the series at all, as y'all know? Um, they We, we don't know at this point, but the, the initial thing, because you know Toronto has the home court advantage. So the initial report says he wasn't even going to travel to Toronto, but um, Reportedly, he did travel with him, but he's officially out for game one. So I guess game two and game, maybe game three is still in the cards. But from a lot of people, um, especially people in the medical industry who knows a little something about that injury, a lot of people are writing him off. Like he's like not playing in this series. And maybe Golden State is just trying to hang that over Toronto's head to you know, kind of get into their head for their game plan and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what's going on there. So, I mean, if you think there's a difference, then, yeah, you give us your difference. If if KD plays in a few games, if your pick changes, if, let, let us know. If, if, if KD doesn't play game one and he plays the next game again after that, I got the Warriors and five. If, if he was playing at all, I would give the, I would, I would give a sweep. But if it's a... Uh, so what, uh, what, if he, what if he doesn't play at all? If he doesn't play at all, who you got? Uh, I'm going to hop on Tobias. I'm going to say in seven. Toronto um, on seven. Toronto on seven. Yeah. I'm assuming, of course, if Toronto wins, you got Kawhi as MVP. But what about the Warriors? If the Warriors win and KD either doesn't play or he only plays in, like, the last couple of games, who do you think the MVP will go to for the world? Dang. Probably Clay Thompson. They better not give it to Draymond. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen minimal I've, people pick Steph. Like, people are so – it's crazy because, really, I think the last one, Steph played well enough to get MVP. It's just that Kevin Durant just took it to a whole other level. Um, yeah. But it seems like nobody is picking Steph to win the MVP if these dudes win. That's weird. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, I say my MVP. I'll, I'll pick Steph since he's gone, but nobody gets Clay Love. I've seen Clay. Draymond's trash. I got Draymond's the most overrated player ever in the NBA. Uh, he's trash. He's trash. He's trash. He's like that. One, I got. I, I have to go right now, but he's like that one guy you see that. Uh, that you're having a group project and he hasn't done nothing. He does nothing, but he gets all the credit for it. No, he just his presence is being being there. 
Come on now. Man, I cannot mm-hmm. let you get away with that. Draymond Green is one of the best defenders in the NBA. There are more. Would you pick? Would you pick? Would you pick Dennis Rodman over him? Would you pick Dennis Rodman over him? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! And like he's always kind of been the glue to that team. Like for a while before Kevin Durant came and they had an extra ball handler, Draymond used to run a lot of point forward. I'm not gonna say he's the guy. Point four doing nothing. Just part of the group there. project. Iguodala was better. I think he's the guy who sacrifices the most. To make all of these other dudes happy. I'm not saying he's a superstar. And no, I'm not saying that he's oh. better than Dennis Rodman. But some people are better for their situations oh. than other people. Oh, shit. Like, I, don't, I really don't know if. Situation and scheme. And you got to understand situation, scheme, and, and, and how a team is put together. He fits on that team, and what they ask him to do, not many players can do. Not that he's great at any given thing, but he there's not a lot of players that can do what he does, man. That team didn't even really take off until Steve Kerr put him in the starting lineup, something that Mark Jackson wouldn't do. But, um, yeah, so I'm not giving him Mark was like, wow. I can't sit here and Honestly, let somebody say that Draymond is the dude in the group project that ain't do nothing and still got an A. That's some BS. I think Draymond did all the dirty work on the project and let the other dude shine. So I, I totally disagree with that one. Let's get let's get Naj's opinion. The homie Naj is on the line from GA. What up, Naj? Yes, Naj. You heard that last yeah, comment, man? You think Draymond is the yeah. dude who uh, – <laughs> And the group project didn't do nothing and got an A? No, nah, that, that, that's one of those things where, like, Draymond's behavior on the court and, and how he acts, like, some people just don't like to do, and then they right. let Nash mess up their vision about who he is. But, no, Draymond right. is a great player. It's hard to find a comparable, uh, really, to match up because when you match up, you know, his ability to stretch the four or his ability to guard one through five, People either have one or the other. Most people do not have that same combo. Like he just said, Dennis Rodman. Now, we all men of a certain age, and you know we got our respect for Rodman as a rebounder, as a defender, and all of that. But like, you telling me you would take stuff. Draymond over Rodman <laughs> just because of the added shooting and the leadership part? Like, I'm sorry, man, but yeah, Draymond's yeah. in that rarefied air I mean, of a not... Hall of Famer. That that's not, you know what I mean? Not a not a front line scorer like. He couldn't be a number one or a number two on a team, but as a three or four, man, that dude is great. You got to give it to right. him. Right, and, and at zero times during a game, are you going to put the ball in Dennis Rodman's hands, like run the offense? <laughs> at <laughs> zero right. times are you going to do that? And you can do right. that with All day. So yeah, I, I couldn't, right. you know, not like I'm a Draymond stan or anything, but I couldn't let my man sit there and, and do that. Yeah, oh, I'm oh, like, shoot, Draymond might have did, did most of the dirty work on the project. <laughs> and let Stephanie exactly. put their name first. Like <laughs> Exactly. But okay, slight mark though. Uh David Lee got hurt and that's how Draymond got into the lineup and then he played so well. Uh David Lee just ended up getting Wally Pip, never got his spot back. But uh yeah, that wasn't, so it wasn't a genius stroke of genius Kirk. Kirk. He probably wouldn't it was have done the frailty it of one David Lee, one of the great mass Robin, uh, robbers in NBA history because he got that bad off putting up uh, artificial numbers. And you know, not only, <laughs> not only 
he got respect on the video games too. Because when my little <laughs> my little quick tryst, my little jaunt back into the video game world back in 2010, it only lasted a few months. But you know, I was I was impressed with the fact that you could get on and play people that don't live in your house. So you know, I was like, let me try this. So we we had this uh, NBA uh, 2K10 league. Uh, Jimmy was in it. A couple other people. Man, this one dude, he used the Knicks, and he had David Lee. And David Lee was one of the best players in the league. First of all, he was doing some kind of glitch where if you're guarding him in the post, sometimes he would do like a move and like go through the defender, like literally like a ghost. Go through the defender and then score. I'm like, dude, you can't keep doing that. There's obviously something wrong with the game. And dude is dominating us with, with David Lee, scoring like 40 points a game. With David Lee. Hey man, <laughs> young boys with too much time on your hand, on their hands. At a certain point, as an adult with all responsibilities, you, you can't compete, man. I got ran up on two K, man. I had to retire. <laughs> I, I couldn't. You know, I and couldn't get it done thing. no more, man. They ran me out, and I didn't even have kids. I didn't even have a kid until the next year. So I still had a year of free time to 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 be a young boy again and play. But I was like, man, obviously these dudes do this for a living. And I can't compete. <laughs> I'm tired of getting, you know, I'm tired of coming home from work, getting on, being excited that I could play somebody, and then I get drugged every time I do it. I'm like, I can't do this no more. Especially in yeah, Madden. Getting drugged by a, a 12-year-old calling you the N-word is not that deal, bro. Like, I, I'm, you know I'm not signing about up basketball, for that ever again. Get... Right. Just dragging. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not signing up for that no more, bro. Yeah. But, so, dude, uh, my yeah. unpopular thing, since y'all going with unpopular stuff, uh, I, I have declared war on black barbershops, bro. Like, I, I, I might be finished with black barbershops, bro. Uh-oh. They don't keep what appointments. Oh, yeah. just, just, just in general, just the whole aura, like all that nostalgia we remember and all that. Like, look, man, they don't keep appointments. They get mad when you find a better barber within the same shop so you can't switch barbers. Uh, the sports opinions oh, are take, terrible. Take that like, I, 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 I don't even join into the sports conversations no more because it's so terrible, and, oh, and like it, it, it'll drive you crazy. Like I, I might be done, bro. I might be retiring from the black barbershop, man. I, I don't Yo, know how I'm, I'm get like it done. you, because when they talk sports, I just try to ignore it. I, like I'm like the square <laughs> who don't watch sports, but then my barber he that. knows we that we do this. <laughs> he knows that we do this, so he always tries to. Put me in the conversation. Like, hey, what do you think? I'm like, yo, I don't want to talk. Yeah, these dudes saying some outlandish things. If you say anything rational, it's not going to mean anything to these dudes. So just leave me out of this. So I, I, I get they exactly can't what you're Lonzo saying. Lonzo for Anthony Davis, right? They, they just be saying stuff. You just looking at them like, man, come on. Right. Stuff Try that like don't up, even man. make contractual sense. People think you could just <laughs> trade anybody for anybody. Not just the barbershop though. I see it on social media every day. But no, I, I see. Because I've been in the D.C. area for a lot of years now. And, you know, coming from Philly, like we kind of, we're supposed to have reputations for our barbers in Philly. So coming here and finding decent barbers, it was, was really hard to do. And B. Austin knows, like, we were so pressed that we used to look for dudes from Philly in D.C. that cut hair. So don't, so Still, as long as I've lived here, <laughs> where people cut my hair, I can barber that I've ever had in this region, uh, he's that dude you're describing. Like, you have an appointment at 12, he don't even walk into the barbershop until 2, 
He smelled like With he lunch. smelled like he high, <laughs> and didn't want to eat before he cut you. You're already two hours late. Let me let me just bust a crab real quick. Like yo, I'm trying to make this all day. It's not like a track meet. This is a I'm trying to get my hair cut. Nah, I'm so, done, bro. I'm so going would you, through Instagram or something. I don't know. I'm going to find barbers on Instagram and, and, and work it out. But, man, I'm done with shops, bro. They, they, they've done it too much. I'm through with it, bro. But, man, as far as tonight, man, like, are, are we really, like, doing this sports industry thing where we're hyping up Superman, Kawhi? Great as Kawhi is, like, they ain't got a shot. Like, why are we acting like this is going to be a competitive period? Like, no, they're not going to Because, man, Doc Rivers can't score enough. Kawhi Leonard is the closest thing we've seen, and he said we, speaking for all of us, he's the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jordan. So he he has a shot. That's what Doc Rivers said. (laughs) Let a coach on their airway to tamper. A coach who coaches a team that this dude is primarily, like, rumored to go to. Right. Not tampering like a mug. <laughs> I don't know how they let that one ride, man. But, but dude, yeah. no, this is not going to be a competitive series. Toronto cannot <laughs> score enough. And this idea that they're going to D up Golden State, that's all well and good. But what happens when the runs come? You know what Mike Tyson said, man? Everybody got a plan until they get punched in the face. He actually repeated that this week because he punched somebody in the face. Mike Tyson's still acting up, man. I think Wack 100 disrespected Tupac and, and Tyson wasn't having it. So he, he beat mm-hmm. him up during the podcast statement. Um, so you, think, you don't get time how, for how many games you got? Mike Tyson, bro. You, you don't say stuff that might irritate Mike. Like, period. Yeah. Ain't, ain't no time for nuance yeah. and making like, your you point better. Pushing you buttons. Just, yeah. You ain't pushing <laughs> buttons. You just go take that in. And this is not but nah, man, the $300 million Mike Tyson, so it's not even worth it. <laughs> because mm-hmm. if he puts you in your face, you might get 50000 on the suit tip. So. <laughs> and he don't care. <laughs> That's the other part. Right. He don't really right. care about the lawsuit. <laughs> But uh, yeah. no, no, I, I got, I got money every, everybody being safe and saying, you know, Warriors and five, giving Toronto a game. Why give them a game? Sweet. Get them up out of here. Get this series over with. Let's get to the offseason, man. So even so without what, what KD, playing around for? even without KD, you think they're going to dominate them like that? With or without, it's a wrap. Who, who, how is Gasol going to play? That's one question. And then you put bring on 39-year-old Serge Ibaka. Who is he going to guard? Like, how how is this going to go as far as rotations and switches? And is Chunky Lowry going to guard Steph? Like, is that what we're doing? <laughs> Steph stopper? That, that's Lowry. what I told somebody earlier. Now, I told a caller earlier, um, Mark Gasol, he's pretty much done. Like, he, he, he did the job that he came in to do. They traded for him to right. guard Joel Embiid. He did his job. Now, you know, his services are no longer needed in the community. So... Yeah, and Danny Green sold his soul to the devil for one finals uh, against Miami a couple years back. And you know what I mean? The, like, the devil did not say that he would yeah. continue to be able to and play Danny, at that level. Danny would like trash all throughout the, the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Yo, he so that, that's never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap, right. man. I, I'm so not so who you got as this. the MVP from the Warriors? Steph finally going to get one? Just because we all concerned with it, I feel like Steph's gonna press a little bit, and we mm-hmm. get one or two of those damn clay games. 
to where he's just hitting everything, and we end up getting the clay as as final MVP. Yo, if that happens, it's tough again, man. So bad, bro. Because you know a lot of people are shallow <laughs> to the point where they really think that matters. Like Steph could be one of the top five players in the NBA, you know, at all times. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, you know, shine the brightest in a five game series, then people are gonna be like he never won the Finals MVP. Like people really. <laughs> place major importance on finals MVP is this is you know not just one series. But um and we only been doing this since what, like nineteen eighty? Like we actually right. this is really right, that right. much of a factor. Oh, oh, the last thing, uh the Drake thing. The Drake thing is this, man. The dude is a superstar who shouldn't have been a superstar, one of the most famous people in the world. And we got a weird way about behaving uh as far as us. If you're a superstar, but you try to carry yourself in a regular way, but it comes off as inauthentic, then people just start disliking you. So as as many fans as he has, there's a whole lot of people that just don't like that dude. And a lot of it is just, you know, what y'all talked about, like some of the fugazi ways he comes across, like the Nick Nurse stuff. We're like, dude, that that ain't like Spike Lee classic stuff. People going to remember that. Ah, You just look weird, like going over there rubbing the ass like you. Are you massaging yeah, my like, show? <laughs> what you doing? You're not Birdman. Like you, you let just me go. Let me go loosen up right the coat. Now. Come on, man. Right, not the Tupac Birdman. You seem like the other Birdman. Like yeah, that yeah. weird interaction with Nick Nurse. So I know Dwayne Speaking Casey. Speaking of though, he had on the Tupac Birdman hoodie um, during one of the the maybe the last game. He had on the the same hoodie that Birdie had on during the tournament in the movie. I'm starting to hate. I'm starting to hate young people, man. And, and this is not good. I, I need to get over this. Said, you know, the young kid. He wants to be everybody else, but what he doesn't realize is like you're one of the most famous people on earth. Like mm-hmm. at this point, people want to be you, but you want to be everybody else. Like I don't like. Come on, man. Right, I right. But like when you see him with the athletes, looking at athletes like he's looking up to him, you're like, dude, that's not how this interaction goes. You're the superstar. They're supposed to be hyped to kick it with you, not the other way around. Right. So and doesn't he yeah, have tattoos yeah. of KD and and Steph on his on something? Or is that a rumor? whole nother level? Whole nother level. <laughs> Look, man, there, there's a young dude that work in my job, man. Uh, one day last summer, dude came to work with the whole Spike Lee do the right thing fit, like uh, with the flip hat in the front, like the bright shirt, the bright. Like he 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 did the whole cosplay of that, and I'm just looking at him like, dog, this 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 how y'all get down? Like we roasted yo, him for a little yo. bit, but it didn't bother him enough, and that made me even more mad that the roasting didn't hurt his feelings enough. But yeah, no, he, he shrugged it off like, man, I'm nice. Don't worry about me. Yeah, All man. Right, so I don't, I don't know, man. So I'm old man right, today, yo. complaining about stuff. It is what it is, man. Y'all hold it down, uh, Warriors and foe. If not two, because I feel like Canada just might surrender. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? No doubt. We had a good run. No reason to fly out there. Let's just call it a wrap. Let's is just what start it our is. early recruitment, re-recruitment of Kawhi Leonard. See what we can do next right. year. Right. All right, man. Everybody As get out of here. 30 degrees anyway. don't feel like 30 degrees. That dude ain't staying right. there. All right. So we're at you next week, man. All right. All right. He said maybe in two. So, yeah, man, what are your thoughts, though? Like, B, do you think that there's any trouble that Golden State is going to run across if Kevin Durant doesn't play in this series? 
And by all medical accounts, it seems like he's not going to play. All right. B. Wherever you, um, if you talk, I can't hear you. You might have muted your mic. You good now? No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here now. What's the question? I was asking if, if is, are they going to run into any trouble, any resistance if Kevin Durant doesn't play in this series? Uh, I'm gonna resp- I, I respect Toronto a little bit more than our brother Nash. I actually give them two games. Um, I got I got the Warriors in six because defensively, I feel like they're actually tougher than any other team that the Warriors have faced in the finals. They're the best defensive team. Now, offensively, as Nas alluded to, these dudes can't score, man. They can't score enough to beat to beat um, Golden State in, in right. seven games. They go, they go into a lot of droughts every game, and you can get away with that, you know, versus a, a Philadelphia and versus a Milwaukee because those teams have superstars on their teams that can barely shoot. So they go in the drought sometimes. So it turns into an ugly defensive game. You're right, B. This is not the team where you want to have, you know, not not that, you know, because it's a myth that the Warriors don't go on droughts. They go minutes without scoring sometimes. But the thing is, you always no. know that a crazy run is coming. They might not score oh, for three minutes, opposite. and then they're going to score Yo, 22 points in the next round. Yo, they're opposite of their drought, though. They're deluge. Yo, they score like thirty and and three, man. They right, score right, exactly. quick. Exactly. They so you and you quick. always know that the push is coming. So if you do catch them on the drought, you can't be on a drought with them, you know, in a defensive struggle. You got to get up thirty points while they're not scoring, and that's hard to do on these guys. Um. So your your prediction is six. Is, is that with or without KD? No matter what that do from District Heights come back and not. <laughs> I I kind of want to I, I think the same thing. I think I think I think six without KD. I think if KD comes back and he's, you know, any form of his of his own self, I think it can go even quicker, you know, depending on the game that he comes back in because I also think he's going to come back with a chip because there's too many people out there saying they're better without him and they can win without him. So if he does come back, the only saving grace he has left, because we all know that going there in the first place was a, you know, a sucker move. The only saving grace he has left and the way he'll go down in history is leading them to all three of these chips. So if he comes into this series and goes gangbusters like he did before, I don't know if you could squeak out an MVP because, you know, depending on it depends on how many games he misses. I think if he ends up missing one and he comes back, I think he can and will still get the MVP of the series. And that's like I said, that's going to be his saving grace in history, because as the years move on and, and people weren't really there to see it, all they're going to see is that kind of stuff. They're going to see, oh, he went there. He averaged this. He got three championships and three uh, finals MVP. That's what's going to start to be the narrative when we get away from the people who actually saw the sucker move, (laughs) disliked the sucker move, and basically had disdain for him the whole time he was there. 
playing with what was already the best team in the league. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go Warriors in six. I don't think KD's going to play at all. And I got Steph getting his first finals MVP. Um, You're going all chalk. That's not chalk though. I can't find anybody no, that's picking not. Steph. I can't find it really. Yeah, like, yeah. Everybody I've asked today, I'm like, yo, I've, I've been thinking like, man, people just disrespecting stuff. They think because he never won one that he's oh. not even going to be in the running. I've heard Clay, I've heard Draymond, I heard KD if he comes back. I'm like, shoot, we asked a couple more people, they might say Boogie because he's suiting up for <laughs> for game one this evening. But yeah, Steph, Steph ain't been getting no respect, man. Um, any X fact, any X factors for you besides, you know, the regulars, because I hear people calling KD an X factor. Like if he comes back, Eagles Dollar, and they gonna X them dudes out. But Eagle Dollar again, Eagle. I, he's he's always the X factor in my opinion for the Warriors because you know what he does off the bench, and you know in a pinch he can end up starting if somebody gets injured. Um, the defense that he's gonna play, he's probably gonna be you know when he's in there with a Kawhi Leonard, that's probably going to be his assignment. And that's probably going to be the, the toughest defender that Kawhi is going to face throughout these whole playoffs. Um, no disrespect to Giannis and, and, and all of those boys. Jimmy Butler didn't even defend him. That was Ben Simmons' job. But no, no disrespect to them, but this dude is a seasoned defender. So I think he's going to make it a little bit tougher on on Kawhi Leonard. So yeah, I got him being the X factor there. I think on the other side of the ball, um, you gotta get some some consistency from Siakam because that's what he hasn't given you throughout the playoffs. He's given you some great games. He's given you some yeah. He even had a couple of games where you know he had a calf injury of his own. Um, if he once he, he becomes a player. Siakam hasn't figured out how to string together a consistent 20. I can give you 20 no matter what. You know, he can give you those games where he looks like, man, he just dropped 30. He's for real. And he might even do that two in a row. But like you said, some of those will be, you know, some 12s and then he'll get 30. (laughs) But, yeah, consistent 20 is what he, he hasn't been able to give you yet. Then you got dudes like Fred Van Vliet, who turned into a three-point specialist in this prior series. Only at home. Only at home. Right. And in the Philly series, Van Vliet couldn't buy a bucket. And in the Milwaukee series, this dude turned into Craig Hodges or somebody. So, um, yeah, they're going to need everything they can against this Warriors team, and that's not cliche. They're going to need everybody – to play well, and I guess the the greatest thing they have going for them is that the first two games are at home. So those guys who generally don't get off on the road, you got to get a good start. But everybody out there, we like to thank you, brothers and sisters, as usual, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room. Uh, shout out to Neil who kept going, and she got the audio. I think she ended up calling in on the phone, but I hope this audio was good. But shout out to everybody who tried in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, the War Room Sports Game Time group on the Group Me app, and all the callers who called in to holler at us. Tune in next week live right here on 
continue our coverage of the NBA Finals. Um, but according to Brother Nas, they might be over by then. <laughs> but we'll also catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports as well. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook and Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book, sportstobook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.